0: Thank you, Pastor. Let's open up one more time with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, the hour has come now where we dedicate the service to the preaching of the Word of God. Lord, we're so thankful that we can be in your house this morning. God, we're so thankful that we can call ourselves Americans. God, we thank you that we have had the privilege to be born in this country. Lord, this morning we do pray for our country. God, it is far from you. It is a far cry from what it used to be. Lord, your your word tells us plainly that the wicked shall be turned into hell and the nations that forget God. And Lord, you are no respecter of persons. We know that we are not the exception. In fact, we have been given so much light, we are the rule. God, we ask this morning that you'd speak to us through your word by your spirit. God, I pray this morning that you please use me. God, I'd be so honored if you would use me and cause me to be a blessing to these people. We ask for your mind. We ask for the Holy Spirit of God to be in our presence this morning. God, we ask for those who are in the building this morning who are visiting with us and do not know Jesus Christ. God, we pray that this morning that they would hasten to him. We pray that this morning that they would see Christ high and lifted up. That the scales of their blindness would be taken off from their eyes and that they would be saved today. God, we pray also for those who are in the building this morning and who are saved. God, we pray that you'd stir them. God, I pray that you'd stir me. Lord, truly, we want to please our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Help us, Lord, to keep your commandments. Help us to set the Lord before our face. We ask that you'll get glory in everything that is said and done. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm very thankful this morning to have the opportunity to preach the Word of God. Very thankful that our pastor would entrust me to preach to you this morning. I invite you to take your Bible and turn to Psalms chapter 16. Psalms chapter 16 is where we will be This morning, I want to be a blessing to you this morning. I want to be an encouragement to you as we study the scriptures together. These are not my words. These are the words of God. Psalms chapter 16, we'll begin reading in verse number one, and we'll read the entire chapter. It's a shorter psalm. Psalms chapter 16. Beginning in verse number one, the Bible says, Preserve me, O God, for in Thee do I put my trust. O my soul, Thou hast said unto the Lord, Thou art my God. My goodness extendeth not to Thee, but to the saints that are in the earth, and to the excellent in whom is all my delight. Their sorrows shall be multiplied that hasten after another God. Their drink offerings of blood will I not offer, nor take up their names into my lips. The Lord is the portion of mine inheritance and of my cup. Thou maintainest my lot. The lines are fallen unto me in pleasant places. Yea, I have a goodly heritage. I will bless the Lord, who hath given me counsel. My reins also instruct me in the night seasons." I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoiceth. My flesh also shall rest in hope, for thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. And then, notice verse 11, please. Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. The path of life. This morning I would like to preach to you a message entitled, The Path of Life. The Path of Life. One man has said pertaining to this passage, The attractiveness and ease or the reverse of any path may depend on many conditions, Smooth or rough, steep or level, plain or confused with turns and windings, bright with sunshine or dark with tempest. But the main question is this, whither will it lead? All of us in the building this morning are on a path. Let me ask you this morning, have you considered where your path is taking you? Certainly I'd like to be a blessing to you this morning by encouraging you from this messianic psalm. This psalm, if your Bible is like mine, is entitled, "Miktam of David. Bible students believe that "Miktam" means a golden psalm. And certainly we have before us a golden psalm, actually words that are more precious than gold. For in this psalm we see the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who was not left in hell, the one whose soul was not, left to corruption, but hoped upon God, and God delivered him. The path of life. All of us must choose a path by which we will reach a destination. This morning, if you intended to come to Cleveland Baptist Church, if you intended to arrive at this property before 10, 15 a.m. for the morning service, in order to make that happen, you had to get in your vehicle and choose a path that would eventually take you to 4431 Tiedemann Road. All of us this morning after the service concludes intend to fill our bellies. Some of you have a meal waiting for you at your home. Or some of you may choose to go to a restaurant. Whichever is the case, you have to choose, or you'll let your GPS choose for you, a path that will take you to your destination. Uh, This is the season of vacations. We're very thankful that our our pastor was able to take a vacation uh, with his family. And if you stay around here at any length of time, we'll encourage you to take a vacation with your family. They're needed. They're good. Uh, For many months, perhaps, you've planned and anticipated a needed getaway with your family. And as the day drew closer, maybe you plotted the course that you would take. Uh, For most, the course that they would choose to any given, given destination, is usually the fastest one. We want to get to our destination as fast as we can. Why the fastest one? Well, usually because the fastest one is the easiest one for a number of reasons. For one, it's less time in the car. It's less time on that sciatic nerve that many of us have. It's less time with whining children. Are we there yet? Uh, maybe it's less rest stops. Maybe it's a less expensive way uh, because you're able to avoid some tolls. There, tools, therefore, it's easier on your wallet. Whatever the case might be, we want the easiest way, don't we? Whatever easy looks like for you, we want the easiest way. Now, these are certainly things of less importance. But what I have found in my 34 years of life is that anything that truly matters, the path of least resistance is usually the path of least reward. Take martial arts, for example. As of late, I've developed an interest in a certain martial art. I haven't taken it yet. I've been thinking about getting my son involved into it, maybe taking some classes with him. But what I have found with a martial art, is that a rank is distinguished by a color of a belt. It is is given to those who go down a very difficult path. Take, for instance, the martial art of jiu-jitsu. They say it takes at least 10 years or more to become a black belt in jiu-jitsu. And most people that set out down that path never become a black belt. Why? Because it's a very difficult path. It's strenuous. It's taxing. It's mentally hard. It's a path that most people eventually give up on. Why? Because it is not easy. It's difficult. What am I trying to convey this morning? It is that Christ took the the difficult path. And you and I, we are to follow Christ's example. It is not an easy one. If the path is truly going to be taken, it is a very long one. The path of Christianity, the path that leads to your sanctification, it is a very difficult one. But the reward is beyond anything that you could ever imagine. Think, for instance, of someone in the military. I remember as a child watching uh, certain documentaries on the History Channel, the United States Marines and the Navy SEALs. And you'd see the training that they go through, very difficult training. Most people don't make it. And you'd see them as they graduate, on graduation day, after going through boot camp, and months and months and months of just being built, beat down in order to be built back up again. You see these strong, fighting men, some of the most dangerous men on the planet, as they're standing in their uniform on the podium, they have a tear running down their cheek. Why? Are they weak? Decidedly not. They're some of the toughest men on earth, but they remember the things that they had to overcome. They remember all the times that they thought, I just can't make it. But they just kept on going. And then one day they are awarded. They are recognized and bestowed the honor of maybe United States Marine or Navy Seal. These men are not weak or mediocre. There's nothing mediocre about them. These are fighting men. Those are the types of men that, that, that bought this country for us with their own blood. Fighting men. And when I look at these men, I also, and I look at this psalm, this messianic psalm, I think of Jesus Christ, who did not take the easy path. But today sits on the right hand of God and is glorified and has been given a name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus every tongue shall confess and every knee will bow that Jesus Christ is Lord. I want to discuss this morning the path of life. Look in verse number one. It says, Preserve me, O God, for in Thee do I put my trust. May I remind you this morning that the path of life is a difficult path. The path of life is a difficult path. The path of life, it is a narrow path. The path of life, it is a difficult path. And I'm afraid that sometimes we forget about how narrow the path is and how difficult the path is. Jesus said in John chapter 4, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life that no man cometh unto the Father but by Me. The path is narrow that leads to everlasting life, but the path is broad that leads to destruction. How broad is it? It's everything else. Everything else. It is only by Jesus Christ and Christ alone that a man can be saved from his sins. It is only by Jesus Christ that a man can be taken from the city of Cleveland and taken all the way to heaven. How does God do that? Well, He sets you out on a path and He guides you every step of the way. He will purchase you with His own blood. He's died for you. And all that you must do is accept Him in childlike faith. It is only Jesus. We have forgotten for those of us who are saved that the path is difficult. Acts chapter 14, verse 22. Uh, Speaking of the disciples and their work, the apostles says confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith and that we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. That is why you must be under the preaching of the word of God continually, because the job of the preacher is to remind the people continually that they are not to quit, they're not to give in, that they are not to consider a strange thing. The fiery trial, which is to try you. We must enter the kingdom of God through much tribulation, through much difficulty. It's not an easy thing. Years ago, I, I read an illustration. I've, I've probably used it in this pulpit before, but it's something that's stuck with me. But as a boy, a boy was once passing through, I don't know if this is true, or if it's just a cute story, but the truth is just the same. There was a boy passing through New York, and he, as he was passing through a, a Central Park there, he noticed a man that was carving a statue out of marble. And it was a statue of Abraham Lincoln. And the little boy said, What are you doing, sir? And he said, Well, I'm, I'm chiseling out a, a statue of Abraham Lincoln. And the little boy said, well, how are you going to do that? that? That hunk of stone doesn't look anything like Abraham Lincoln. And the, the artist said, well, it's quite simple. Everything that doesn't look like Abraham Lincoln, I'm just going to take off. And listen, that is your life as a Christian. Everything that doesn't look like Jesus Christ... God is in the process of taking out of your life. And listen, it's painful. It's very painful. I believe it was last Sunday whenever Brother Goodman preached, he spoke about some root sins in a person's life. Root sins. There are fruit sins and then there are root sins. Those root sins are very difficult to eradicate. The Bible says, now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. It's very difficult, but listen, it can be done. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 10, it says that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. God has set you on it. You are on a voyage as a Christian. And God has equipped you with everything that you need to have a successful voyage. He's giving you everything that you need within the pages of this book. You can do it. You can do it. But listen... It's not for the faint of heart. It's a difficult path. But what do I find here? I find a man here asking, Oh God, preserve me. Preserve me, oh God. Have you, have you taken a look around lately? All the temptations, the, the toil, the snares, through many dangerous toils and snares, I have already come. And you say, God, preserve me. God, would you help me? It takes Humility. The psalmist says, preserve me, O God, for in Thee do I put my trust. My goodness, it extends not to Thee. That is to say, God, I have no goodness apart from You. God, That You are not benefited from me. I am benefited by You. This is humility. This is calling upon God. James 4, 6, God resisteth the proud, but He giveth grace unto the humble. Have you taken a look around lately? Have you come to the sobering realization that you are a helpless, little, insignificant speck of dust prone to every illness, sickness, ailment, disease? David realized this when he said in Psalm 1 Samuel chapter 20, verse 3, he said, there is but a step between me and death. My friend, there is but a step between you and death this morning. There is a step. If you are here this morning and you do not know Christ, you do not know that if you would spend eternity in heaven, I would not waste time, I would not gamble, I would turn to Christ today. You are, you are one drink, That you are one bite, you are one wrong turn, you are just one step away from death. But listen, Christ is near this morning. In the book of Romans, it says, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. How close is God to you this morning? He's as close as the tongue that's in your mouth. If you'll just confess him. He's as close as the the heart that beats in your chest this morning. You just must confess him. The path of life. The difficulty of the path seen in verses 1-2. through But then let me also state, as, as a Christian speaking to you this morning, thankfully there are companions in this path. Look in uh, chapter uh, 16, verse 3, it says, But to the saints that are in the earth and to the excellent in whom is all my delight. Identification with God's people. This, these are my people this morning. God's people. I love God's people. First John Chapter 3, verse 14, we know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. First Peter chapter one, verse twenty-two, seeing ye have purified your souls and obeying the truth of the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. See that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. John Chapter 13, verse 35: By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples if ye have love one to another. Galatians chapter 6, verse 2. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Strength from other believers, it is not an option in the Christian life. On this path of life, it is a necessity. My friends, you and I as God's people need each other. We need fellowship with the brethren. I can't tell you how many times I have I have drawn strength from a fellow brother or sister in Christ. I believe with all my heart that the scriptures teach that within a church there is safety within the body of Christ. And I believe both spiritual and both physical safety. There are men in this church that I, that I speak with on the phone on a weekly, sometimes a monthly basis that, that speak into my life, that, that encourage me to keep loving my wife that encouraged me to spend time uh, with my children there are men here that help me through times of difficulty there are men here that i draw strength from in, in prayer and and praying with them there are women here that are like that are like mothers to me that encourage me and help me if you didn't belong to this church during the covid pandemic listen i feel sorry for you i really do i feel sorry for you i don't mean to say that in a pious way or an arrogant way. But I I really feel sorry for you. I I was speaking at length with someone the other day about this. But when the world had lost its mind, there there was some normalcy within the walls of this church. My children were basically unaffected by the chaos of this world. My children, they didn't have to ask why why is everybody wearing a mask? Why is everybody so filled with fear? They didn't have to ask that. Why? Because of the church. Because when you are in the church, when you are saved and you are a part of this body, there is protection within the church, both spiritual and both... I can't tell you how many times God has saved me from error. I can't tell you how many times I was about to make a a foolish choice and I sat under the preaching of the Word of God or someone spoke into my life, a part of this church, and it saved me from error. There's companions on this path. But, But what we must also realize is that this path, it is contrasted to another path. Because there are two paths that you can take in this life. There's the path of life. And then there's another path that we distinguish called the path of death. When we read verse 4 in Psalms chapter 16, it says that there are a group of people and their sorrows shall be multiplied. My friend, I would ask that the Holy Spirit of God would just brand that in your heart. It's almost an understatement. The sorrows that will come upon you for rejecting Jesus Christ are unfathomable. Multiplied that hasten after another God, their drink offerings of blood will I not offer, nor take up their names into my lips. We read of their sorrows. The expectation, the end of these two paths, because this is the question whither will your path take you? The end is what matters. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 14, verses 12 through 16. We read, there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. And notice this type of person. Even in laughter, their heart is sorrowful. And the end of that mirth is heaviness. The backslider in heart shall be filled with his own ways. And a good man shall be satisfied from himself. This sacrifice spoken in verse 4 refers to the sacrifice of devils. And even consuming of the blood, teaching cruelty to these pagan worshipers. Listen, this world is a cruel place. If you are sitting in this building tonight and you are lost, if you have not found out by now, you will soon find out that the path of death can be a very cruel one. It can be a very bitter one. It is one that when you come to the end of your life, it will be a bitter pill to swallow. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 1. It admonishes you. It cries out from the pages of Scripture. It says, Remember now, thy Creator, in the days of thy youth. While the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. In other words, when you're sitting in your home and you're contemplating your life, and you say, I have no pleasure in the, in the years of my life. It was a total waste. Why? Because you lived for yourself. You didn't live for Jesus Christ. Before I came to Christ, I thought I was living. I thought that I, I was living it up. But those pleasures soon worn off. There are a lot of people who have damaged their mind and their body from drug addiction. They look back and they say, I have no pleasure in them. Sadly, there are many women who in their younger years, they chose to have an abortion. I know some of those women. And they're almost overtaken with despair. No pleasure in them. There are a lot of people who see their children all grown up and want nothing to do with God. Why? Sadly, there's a lot of carnal Christians who choose to take the path of bad-mouthing everything the preacher does. And then they wonder why their children are cynical towards the house of God. That's your path. That's the path you may choose to take. There are a lot of people who regret how they treated their spouse. Those are cruel years when you see even your sins... Affecting your children and your grandchildren. I have no pleasure in them. The years of the wicked are cruel, miserable years. When you look back to those years, you have no pleasure in them. You will realize it was a complete and total waste. So it's contrasted with another path. Which path are you on this morning? Let's look at verse 5. What is my path? Let's try to identify what your path is. Verse number 5. The Lord is the portion of mine inheritance and of my cup. Thou maintainest my lot. All of us have been given a portion in this life. My portion may not look like your portion. However, it is a portion that we have all been given of God... And your portion is your portion, whether you like it or not, it is your portion. Whether or not you enjoy it, you like it, you love it, it is your portion. You did not get to choose the home that you grew up in, but listen, that was your portion. Maybe you wish you had a better house. Maybe you wish you had a better car. Maybe you wish you had a better husband, a better wife. But listen to me, that is your portion in this life. And it is through your portion that God desires to sanctify you. It is through these things that God, through His Word, by His Spirit, and through your experience, that He will sanctify you. Your portion, what is your cup? Your cup is what you appropriate, what you do With your portion. God has given you a portion and what you do with that portion, my friends, depends entirely upon you. Once you realize where your portion comes from, you will realize not what your portion is, but who your portion is. And then and only then you will have the spiritual discernment to realize that God is molding you into the image of His Son through your delegated portion. I have two sons, and we give them a portion every single day on their plate. Most of the time, they scatter their portion. But we're giving them what they need for their body. They don't like it. They don't want it. God has given you everything that you need to live a successful Christian life. But we scatter it. We don't want it. We don't like it. Men, listen to me. God has given you a wife to show you how selfish you are. God will use your wife to sanctify you. Women, God has given you a husband to show you how selfish you are. God has given you children to show you how impatient you truly are. And of course, with all of these things come tremendous blessing and fullness of life and fullness of joy my friend if you're in the building and you are lost this morning you may not realize it but Christ has been trying to get your attention for many many years doth not wisdom cry doth not understanding put forth her voice in the streets he wants to draw you close to his side he wants to impart his life to you and he uses your situation your circumstances to do that Let's look at verse number 8. Speaking of this path, who is the commander of this path? Verse 8, the Bible says, I have set the Lord always before me because He is at my right hand that I should not be moved. It was Peter in the book of Acts chapter 2 that quoted this verse. He said, David speaketh concerning Him. I foresaw the Lord always before my face for He is on my right hand that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice and my tongue was glad. Moreover also my flesh shall rest in hope. Because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou hast made known to me the ways of life. And then notice this. Thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance. Who is the commander of this path? It is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He says, I have set the Lord always before me. Albert Moeller, in his book, The Conviction to Lead, writes, The desk I use for writing is clear of distractions except for one. A very realistic model of a human skull sits on the left corner. Some time ago, a visiting 16-year-old quietly advised me, You have a leftover Halloween decoration on your desk. Actually, it's not a Halloween decoration at all. If you look at some of the most historic portraits in the Christian tradition you will see a skull within the painting. This is known as the memento mori, the memory of death, which was intended to motivate the subject of the painting to make the most of the time given to him. The skull on my desk is not a morbid, morbid decoration from a dark holiday. It is a constant reminder of mortality as essential to the human condition. Each and every passing day, you and I, one tick is taken from the column marked future, and one adds to the column marked past. What's your motivator this morning? What motivates you this morning to be a a loving husband, to love your wife? What what motivates you this morning to be a, a loving wife? What motivates you this morning to be an example for your children What path are you traveling and what is motivating you to stay on this path? My friends, have you ever considered your own death? I think about my death all the time. All the time. I constantly think about my death. I think about what will my family say about me when I die? What will my wife say? Will she say, my husband loved me? He loved me unconditionally. Will my son say, when well, my son say, my father loved God, he loved me, he loved the Lord. He was a man of conviction and prayer, and his life brought glory to God. What do you think about? What motivates you? Notice from the scriptures what was the sole motivator for Jesus Christ. He said, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand that I shall not be moved. This morning, consider what Christ has done for you. Now, I always go back to this. Listen, if you weren't here for the Easter cantata, man, you missed out. And listen, if, if I say that I like the cantata, it was a good cantata because I don't like cantatas. It was a good cantata. They sing a song entitled Gethsemane and, and Christ, the culmination of everything that he, everything that he did, the reason why he preached and lived the, the life that He did was all because of His love for the Father. It was all because He said, Father, not My will, but Thine be done. Hebrews 12, 3, 4, Consider Him that endureth such contradiction of sinners against Himself, lest ye be wearied and ye faint in your minds. Hebrews thirteen five. speaking to you, says, and, and be content with such things as ye have. For He has said, I will never leave thee nor will I forsake thee. Is that enough? Is is Christ enough for you this morning? What is enough? Is a better house enough? A better car? Is being understood enough? Is Christ enough? Do you know why Christians get removed from their steadfastness? Because At one point in their life, they have removed the Lord from their life. They did not set the Lord before them. Do you know why a man can treacherously leave his wife and abandon his children? Do you know why a wife can leave her husband? And why adultery can be committed in the church? Do you know why saved young adults can leave the church and go chasing after the thrills of this sewer of a world? Do you know why preachers fall into sin? Do you know why churches get away from preaching the gospel? Do you know why churches split and have divisions and have carnality within their church? It's all because at one point, the Lord was set before their face, but they removed Him. Is Christ enough? Christ as your portion, is He enough? Those are paths that you can freely take, but don't be surprised if you take the path of death, that one day you wake up in the cold reality at a dead end. But listen, it's not easy to take the path of life. But wow, it sure is worth it in the end, I'll tell you. The destiny of the path. What is the end of the path? Because that's all that matters. Verse 11, he says, "That wilt show me the path of life In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. At the end of your run, will you be able to say something like this? I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but to all them that love his appearing. Speaking of Christ, the Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 9, Wherefore God hath also highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven and things in the earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Wow. That is amazing. What is the end of this path? It's the presence of Almighty God, where there is fullness of joy. James chapter five verses ten through eleven talks about how you have seen the end of the Lord in the life of Job, and that He is very pitiful. What will you choose? Will you choose the path of life? The path that is hard with delayed gratification and eternal reward? Or will you choose the path of death? That really is easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. Live it up. Do what feels good. But the end of those things is death and eternal regret. I'm going to ask you to have your heads bowed this morning.